We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. The Lakers come up short once again against the Denver Nuggets. Stop me if you've heard this one before. But the Lakers fall to pieces late in the game against Denver. Close game. They're most of the way. The Lakers had a lead at one point. Denver chipped away. And then when it came time to execute down the stretch, the Lakers could not figure out life. And Denver cruised to a pretty easy execution in the final few minutes. Rough, rough way to lose a game that you absolutely needed to win to keep pace in a very difficult Western Conference that is simply not losing games. You look around the West and what's happening, all the teams the Lakers need to lose, they are winning. So despite the fact that the Lakers have been playing some pretty good basketball, they badly needed to snap a seven-game losing streak to Denver in this one, and they simply did not get the job done. You know what's funny, folks, is I, I was talking about this over on Playback, was talking about this on the YouTube channel here. I said, really, what you need against Denver, if you're the Lakers, what you have to have, you need a six, maybe a seven-point cushion in the final three minutes or so in order to get it done because Denver's execution is just too good. They just, they find ways to score. That may not have even been enough. The final eight possessions that the Nuggets had, they got points, either and ones or buckets. They scored eight straight possessions to close out the game from the 430 mark on. Denver's offense was perfect. They did not miss. They scored every single time all the way through crunch time. The Lakers missed and missed and missed. And there went their opportunity to potentially win the game. And again, the Lakers had a lead for a decent chunk of this game. They didn't play terribly, but when it was time to win the game, Denver did not miss a shot. And you know what? We've got a lot of things to get into here. We got a lot of things to talk about, to look at why this happened and why and, and what exactly went down. But the Lakers have got to be incredibly frustrated that this has now happened again. Same game script, exact same thing. The Lakers just incapable of getting a stop when they need it against this team. All right, folks, let me get into some of your questions and comments. We'll uh, we'll take a look at the box score in just a minute, too. Andrew Lee, frustration. We absolutely screwed ourselves over in that third quarter. Also, does calling timeouts cost money or something? Such a noticeable difference in execution, coaching, adjustments, etc. What a disheartening loss. Absolutely. You know, uh, the Nuggets made adjustments at halftime. 
And the question was always, would the Lakers be able to adjust to those adjustments? And the answer was no. Uh, they were not able to. Uh, the the Nuggets won the third quarter uh, from the Lakers. The, the Nuggets scored 31 points in the third, 35 points in the fourth to win this game. The Lakers just 23 points in the third and 25 points in the fourth, and it ends up being a 10-point Nuggets lead. Despite the fact the Lakers were up at halftime, this winds up being a, a fairly easy Nuggets win because from halftime on, once the Nuggets made their adjustments, the Lakers couldn't figure out what to do with it. And you could say that's a coaching thing. Sure. Uh, especially when you've seen the same team do this to you for eight straight games now. The same thing. Probably something going on there on the coaching front as well as the players. I think it's almost a mental thing. And, and, and a mental thing on both sides. It's like the Nuggets have supreme confidence that they know they can, they're going to beat this Lakers team. And they should have confidence. Again, they've won eight straight. They shot 59% from the field in this game. That's what you can't have when you play the Denver Nuggets. You know Jokic is going to do his thing. He had 35 points in this game. You know Jamal Murray is going to do this thing. Of course, he was healthy enough to play the Lakers. He had 24 in this game. But what you can't have is one of the other guys have a crazy outlier game, and that's exactly what happened. Michael Porter Jr., 10 for 10 shooting. Did not miss a shot all night. Five of five from three, 25 points for Porter Jr. You can't have that. And that's what tends to happen when the Lakers play the Nuggets. Jokic is good. Murray is good. And then they get a third guy. Sometimes it's Aaron Gordon. Sometimes it's KCP, who didn't even play in this game. KCP didn't. But in this case, it was Michael Porter Jr. who went berserk, literally did not miss a shot. And that you just, you don't, there's not a big enough margin for error when you're playing Denver to have something like that happen. Uh, Trey said, this is the dumbest coach in NBA history. Rui is cooking, and how does Darvin reward him? Only five minutes in the fourth, while Spencer and Cam stink up the joint. He is purposely sabotaging this team. Well, I think Darvin was throwing everything he could think of at the Nuggets to try to get a stop, but the problem was it wasn't working. So a lot of people late in the game, you saw D'Angelo Russell not in, Cam Reddish in the game, and a lot of people were looking for Rui Hachimura as well, and Rui was great this game. You look what Rui did now defensively on Jokic, he didn't stand a chance. But Rui, 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting. Three of four from deep for Rui Hachimura in this one. Great performance on him. Darvin Ham was clearly sacrificing some offense in order to try anything to get a stop. And so he had Cam Reddish out there. The problem was the gamble didn't pay off. In fact, it went the other way. The Lakers were trying to get stops and they couldn't. Denver just kept scoring, kept scoring, kept scoring, and then the Lakers weren't scoring on the other end. When you put Cam Reddish on the floor, you're sacrificing offense in the hopes that your defense is going to get going. Instead, it went the other way. The Lakers had no offensive production, and they were getting scored on anyway, even with Cam out there. They were still getting scored on. It didn't matter. So hindsight being 2020, you might as well have had D'Angelo Russell out there to score the basketball. You might as well have had Rui Hachimura getting more minutes to score the basketball because you weren't getting stops regardless of who you put out on the floor. Nobody was stopping Denver. So, again, hindsight being 2020, yeah, going for defense and trying to get stops didn't work. And that really fundamentally speaks to a problem with this Lakers team. Now, we last summer, we talked about how the Lakers would have the ability to mix and match a lot. But ultimately, when you look at Denver, you look at Boston right now, you look at some of the other top teams, 
they don't have this problem. And the problem that, that the Lakers have is that they have so many guys who are one side of the ball players. And so mixing and matching them becomes a necessity. But when you're playing the best teams, those guys become liabilities on whatever end of the floor they're deficient in. So, for example, if you've got Cam Reddish out there, well, nobody's going to defend him when you're on the offensive side of the ball. He can play good defense. Nobody's going to defend him on the offensive side of the ball. The same is true with Jared Vanderbilt. And this is something the Nuggets exploit. On the other side of the ball, when you have D'Lo out there, well, yeah, they're going to defend him and he can score, but they're also going to attack him with Jamal Murray. And he's going to get scored on. And Austin's going to get scored on, right? The Lakers don't have enough two-way players. And in games against some of the best teams, which Denver is absolutely that, um, it shows. It shows. And so you're constantly trying to get one side of the ball going at the expense of the other. And in this case, the Lakers gambled on trying to get the defensive side of the ball going. It didn't work. And their offense was in a lurch anyway. Uh, Cliff said, sadly, they're just better. We're trying. The Lakers are trying. I'm not saying they're not trying. The players are trying for sure. But something's got to give. At some point, you have to figure out some way to get some stops. You have to figure out some way to produce in the fourth quarter. And the Lakers have not been a bad offense. They've not been bad offense in fourth quarters. They just seem to be snake bit against this team. They can't seem to figure it out. Uh, let's take a quick peek at the box score. This is what we're looking at here for the Lakers. Uh, Anthony Davis, 17 points, 11 boards, three blocks, 7 to 13 shooting. A little bit of a quiet game from AD in terms of the scoring. Rui, 23 points. He was great. 26 for LeBron, 9 assists, 3 steals. Austin Reeves was excellent in this one. Look at that, 19 points, 14 assists, 7 to 12 shooting. The Lakers offense was not a problem in this game. The Lakers bench, not great. Spencer Dinwiddie blew a layup at the end of the third quarter, which would have been big momentum-wise. He was not great. Jackson Hayes did Jackson Hayes things for nine minutes out there. Had four points. Cam Reddish played 19 minutes. Was okay defensively, but ultimately, you can see he's not really 100%. There were some moments where he had to stop very quickly trying to defend Jamal Murray, and he couldn't do it. Uh, Torian Prince was bad. Uh, it was a bad Torian Prince game. One for six shooting. He made some poor decisions on the offensive end with what to do with the ball. And again, people say, well, he's playing too many minutes. Torian only played 12 minutes in this one. So you can't get too upset with him for that. But he made some poor decisions on the offensive end. The Lakers relied heavily on their starters. And offensively, they didn't play that poorly. Again, they, they produced. Here's what they did. Again, 53% for the field, 41% from three. 8 of 11 at the free throw line, 114 points. You'll take it. This is the problem. You got no stops. 59% from the field. Again, the Lakers were 25th in defensive rating since the All-Star break. That number is probably going to drop after this game. 59% from the field for Denver. 42% from three. 11 offensive rebounds. That's a killer. 11 offensive rebounds. Five from Aaron Gordon. And he got, again, 25 points out of Porter Jr., 18, 9, and 5 from Gordon. Those are other guys doing stuff that the Lakers simply don't have. Uh... All right. Let's talk 
a little bit more about the chat here. Uh, let me get back to you guys. And yes, the Lakers did get out rebounded badly, forty-seven to thirty-one. Again, the Lakers missed more shots, so of course Denver's going to have more defensive rebounds than the Lakers. They had eleven more defensive rebounds. Well, the Lakers also missed more shots, so there's going to be more opportunities for them. But still, the eleven offensive rebounds. Denver's a big team, and you can see where the Lakers struggle with this. You know, this is a game where, for those of you who say. Why did the Lakers ever go away from having a physical big next to Anthony Davis? If that is your thought process, this is your game. This is your game to point to and say, see, I told you. Because this is a game that's screaming for the Lakers to have more size, to have more physicality, because they simply aren't big enough, strong enough, physical enough to deal with Denver. They've got Rui Hachimura on Jokic, and he can't handle that. Um, Jokic was, he made it look easy. It was like it was practice sessions for Jokic. Yeah, and and that was probably the Lakers' best. I'm not even saying that was a bad decision by Darvin Ham. That was probably their best option, but it did not work. Wicked Bronco. Hate these Nuggets, how all of a sudden in the final two to three minutes, we collapse. In my opinion, the Nuggets aren't that much better than us. The difference is coaching. Well, you're right in that the Nuggets aren't that much better, but this is that little bit separates really good teams from teams that are just okay. And this is why I still have, despite Minnesota being the one seed in the West, OKC being right there, the Clippers being in the mix, the West goes through Denver. And this is why, come playoff time, when they need a bucket, they're going to score. That's just what Denver does. They're clinical in their execution, and you have to respect it. They're fantastic. They're so good. Late in games, they need to score. They go out, they know exactly where their shots are going to come from. They recognize what the defense gives them. And to a man, they knock down open shots. I mean, you've got Justin Holiday coming off the bench for them. He's out there knocking down shots, right? Three of five from deep. The Nuggets totally trusted him. They knew he's got our jersey, jersey on. He's going to knock this down. Uh, Peyton Watson, three block shots. He made plays defensively. You need Jokic to shot, put a ball, a crazy shot in at the end of a shot clock. He's going to bank that home, right? They just know that their guys are going to knock down shots late in the game. And that's exactly what happened once again. And this one is the difference coaching. Yes, that's part of it. That's part of it. Once again, the Nuggets made adjustments and the Lakers could not figure out how to adjust to those adjustments. But part of it too is just this, this Nuggets team. I think some of it is mental right now with the Lakers. Patrick said, what's the best plan to beat the Nuggets in the playoffs? It seems it's always the same result that we can't beat this team. Uh, the best plan is to avoid the Nuggets in the playoffs. I mean, really, you have to do, you have to pull out all the stops. Do not get on the same side of the bracket as the Nuggets. The Lakers team is not going to change here. It's not going to change. The way you would beat the Nuggets is with size, is by matching the size that they they present. Defensively, from the defensive side of the ball anyway. And the Lakers aren't going to get that. That's not coming. Harry Giles comes in, but hes you're not going to put him on Jokic. He's, he's going to get destroyed. So aside from picking up more size this offseason to deal with Jokic, it's you avoid Denver. Don't play, <laughs> play Denver in the postseason. Um, it's not to say it's impossible for the Lakers to get a win. It's certainly not. It's not impossible for the Lakers to beat Denver, but... You essentially have to play mistake-free basketball, and the Lakers made a number of mistakes 
late in this game that really hurt them. Uh, you had a turnover late from LeBron. Uh, you had a badly missed shot from LeBron. And this is not anti-LeBron at all. He, I thought he had a fine game. Cam Reddish caught a ball under the basket off of a pass from the Lakers and dropped it out of bounds by himself. And nobody on him just dropped the ball out of bounds. Those are the kind of mistakes that will absolutely kill you against this team. You can't make mistakes against Denver. So the Lakers, I, again, I didn't think they played poorly offensively. They got what they wanted to. They scored, but they struggled to get stops against this team. And the only thing you can really do is try to minimize your mistakes that much further. Um, I mean, the Lakers only had seven turnovers in this game, though. <laughs> I mean, seven turnovers on the night is good. That's not bad at all. That's really good. And still wasn't enough. Still wasn't enough. You got to be better on the glass. You can't give up extra opportunities to score. Not against Denver. 11 offensive rebounds is, is too many for the Nuggets. But part of this is uh, the Lakers are just a, it's a terrible matchup. They don't have the, the size, the physicality to deal with the Nuggets on the glass. And then defensively, the Lakers aren't quite disciplined enough or good enough to get the stops when they need them. And that's what we saw again. Eight straight possessions to finish out this game that the Nuggets scored. Eight. That's unreal. That's unreal. Eight in a row. And you couldn't get a stop. Aqua was hoping for a statement game from AD. However, Denver's just the better team. MPJ is looking like prime Kevin Durant, PTSD. Yeah, I mean, remember? Remember when, back in 2020 when AD owned Jokic? Well, and he had the help of Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, of course, but AD was like the guy. That's certainly not the case now. Jokic is able to score anytime he wants. Anytime he wants to score, he can get a bucket. Um, and then Michael Porter, again, that's the other thing. If you're going to beat Denver, you can't have a third guy. Denver can't have a third guy get going. You can't. Porter Jr. can't go for go 10 for 10. Aaron Gordon can't give you 18 points off of random kind of garbage putbacks and stuff like that. You can't have that third guy get going for Denver. And that's something the Lakers didn't do a good enough job stopping. And part of that is just, Part of it's unlucky that Porter Jr. had, I mean, his best offensive game of the season in terms of efficiency, but. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Part of that too is he got a lot of open looks because the Lakers defense tries to shut down the main guys and make other guys score. Denver says, cool, our other guys are going to score. And they did. They definitely did. Joey said, how many times does the front office have to watch the team get out coached down the stretch of games before they fire this dude? Seriously. Well, I can tell you this. I, I We've been saying this for a while. I don't think that Darvin Ham's getting fired. Um, not this season. It's too late in the season. Doesn't make sense right now. Now, had they lost back to back and lost to the Wizards, and okay, maybe it suddenly becomes a thing again, but I doubt it. This summer, will this get revisited? Probably. Yeah. That's probably going to get revisited this summer, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what the Lakers decide to do as far as Darvin goes. You know, he's got some fans in the front office, but. He's also got some detractors, too, that are confused as well about why the team plays the personnel that they do, why they, you know, why the team plays the way that they do. So we'll see what happens. But it's not happening before the summer. Not happening before the summer. Mom Mentality said, just seems like Denver has a blueprint against us. Execute and end the game late and forth. Back to the drawing board. See how we can play them better. Let's get the next win. Yeah, I mean, this this now puts some separation between the Lakers and the Warriors. Um, once again, the Warriors are not losing. They're just winning and winning and winning. So any stumble right now in the West ends up being big. Any stumble is big right now. The Warriors won three straight. The Lakers are now six and four in their last 10. That's not good enough to keep pace, right? That's Normally you go six and four, 60% clip. That's not bad. That's pretty good. No. Not in the West. Not in the West, it's not. Golden State, 8-2 in their last 10. 80% clip right now. Dallas, 7-3. Sacramento's 5-5, five five, but they unfortunately beat the Wolves last night. Beat a team they were supposed to lose to. Um, Pelicans, 6-4. So all of those teams, with the exception of the Kings and the Suns, 7-3. And, three. and uh, the Suns are right now, hopefully this holds, losing to the Rockets. The Lakers, boy, they really need the Suns to lose that game. The Suns are one of the only teams in the NBA that have a, a schedule from here on out as difficult as the Lakers. In fact, the Suns have the most difficult schedule remaining in the NBA. The Lakers have the fourth most difficult schedule remaining in the league. So the Lakers' best chance is probably a Suns implosion, but there's a three-and-a-half game gap right now between Phoenix and the Lakers. Golden State has one of the easiest schedules remaining in the NBA, and that's why it's going to be so hard for the Lakers to keep pace with the Warriors. Um, and in the West in general, you basically can't lose. 
in order to move up in the standings in the West right now, you essentially can't lose games because nobody else is losing. Everybody else just wins and wins and wins. So you've got to find ways to keep winning basketball games. So right now the Lakers sitting uh, in 10th, which if things stayed this way, they would open the play-in tournament in a single elimination scenario where they would have to win two games in order to get into the postseason and they would open it on the road against Golden State. And that's the way that would play out. We got to stop putting stuff on other guys when it comes to this matchup. Braun and AD simply don't play better than Jokic and Murray as a duo. Our other guys do enough against them and Braun and AD don't close. Got to call it out. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that in the playoffs last year. Said that Anthony Davis has to play Nikola Jokic even and LeBron and AD probably has to be the best player on the floor and LeBron has to be right there. Right? That's that's what you need to beat Denver. That did not happen in the playoffs. Jokic has been better than AD in all of the matchups that we've seen. The last eight matchups, Jokic has been better than AD. And, and so they've got an edge there. And then Jamal Murray, again, grotesquely sprains his ankle. He was fine to play in this one, though, and, uh, and still put up 24 points. Now, was he as good as LeBron? No, but Michael Porter Jr. went nuts. Aaron Gordon went nuts. And then the Lakers just didn't execute down the stretch. Could not find stops. So are Braun and AD not good enough in this case? Yeah, I mean, you need Anthony Davis to cancel out Jokic. You need him to get to that level. And it does not appear that that's possible right now. So in that case, LeBron has to be head and shoulders like a completely different tier than Jamal Murray, which means Jamal Murray can't have like a 24-point night like he did in this one. You can't can't have that. So, and again, that's much easier said than done. And then on top of that, you can't let a third guy get going for Denver. And Denver had a third and a fourth guy get going in this one. Kaleidoscope. So it seems like every single loose ball in the last second and last second heave goes their way. Yeah, that's that's been the way that's been the game script. That's how it's played out. This played out the exact same way. Denver just they have a way to get to the ball. An offensive rebound goes to them. Jokic throws the ball like he's shot putting and it goes in. That's that's what happens. It's like we're not even in bad positioning. Why did Delo barely get any minutes in the fourth? So again. That goes back to, in terms of D'Lo not getting minutes in the fourth quarter, that goes back to the gamble that Darvin Ham took. And you can see it. He was praying that the Lakers could get some stops and turn that into offense, right? Get some stops and then get out and run and attack Denver that way. And it's not necessarily a bad gamble. You know Denver's defense in the half court is pretty good. And so if you focus on your own defensive side of the ball, you can get some stops, get some turnovers. That's where the Lakers were at their most effective is if they could turn Denver over and then get out and attack at the very least in semi-transition, at the very least get some cross matches and things that you can exploit on the offensive end. That's what they went for. And that's why D'Lo barely got any minutes in the fourth. That's what they were going for. It did not work out. It didn't work out because those stops that they were trying to get, they couldn't find. They just couldn't get them. And that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. And that was where everything really started to fall apart. And that's where people start to ask the question, well, wait, where's D'Lo? Why is Rui not getting these minutes? Because Ham was gambling to try to get stops. And it did not work. It didn't work at all. 
So you, in hindsight, you might as well have gone for offense because you weren't getting stops anyway, even with the guys they had out there. Mikel, why does Jokic never get any offensive fouls against him? Arms, elbows, always out. Yeah, there were a few that he definitely got away with. Now, that, that's not why the Lakers lost this game, but Jokic, he does lead with that off arm quite a bit. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. So it, it's not, does he foul? Yes. But again, it's not, it's not why they lost this game. Uh, Rondo for coach possibly in the future. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what the coaching search is going to look like. I think if you're the Lakers, the last few first-time head coaches you've brought in have not gone well, have they? Luke Walton, the Lakers had a ton of belief in him that he was a leader of men. He was going to be the Lakers coach for a long, long time. Didn't work. Had a lot of faith in Darvin Ham that he was going to get it done. He was going to be the guy, the guy that everybody was going to run through a brick wall for. And then... The Lakers make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. You think, okay, this is the guy. You win the in-season tournament. Yes, this is the guy, despite the problems. We won the in-season tournament. Everything's going to be okay. Nope. Not calling timeouts. Not taking control of the game. And again, I, I think it was more than just that that cost the Lakers this one. But I don't know that you go with another first-time head coach. Assuming the Lakers move on from Darvin Ham, which I don't even know that they will. They might not this summer, but if they do, I would be surprised if they went with another first-time head coach, given recent history. M. Dredd said Denver's our daddy, period. Well, I mean, they've won eight in a row now, despite the Lakers' best efforts. Reeve, is it mental with Denver at this point? I, I really do think that's part of it. As much as we want to look at the X's and O's, we want to look at, well, the Lakers made this gamble defensively. They tried to do this on offense and all, all of that. I do think it's mental on both sides. Both sides. Michael Porter Jr. never misses against us. And every time AD plays Joker, he gets taken out of the game offensively. We'll never, never beat Denver. I think it's in the Lakers' heads. I think it's in Denver's heads too. I think they are supremely confident that they can and will beat the Lakers and that everything is going to bounce their way and go well for them. And that just keeps happening. That's what keeps happening. The ball keeps bouncing their way. Everything's going well for them. So I do think it's mental. I do think it's mental. Uh, Tia Banks coming in from Facebook said Vogel was a first-time coach, right? No, Vogel was not a first-time head coach. Uh, he was not. He had coached previously with Indiana uh, and Orlando. Uh, Wicked Bronco, at this rate, I'm almost convinced it's a mental thing with our guys. Same same thought. AD should be able to dominate Jokic defensively. He did it in the bubble. Jokic, is, I mean, Jokic has gotten better. That's part of it. He's improved, but he lets Jokic push him around. Also, the refs and him sold Vogel-owned Denver. So I think part of it, uh, part of my frustration is when you see Jokic back guys down, they give ground very easily rather than just stand their ground, plant their feet and let Jokic run over them. They give ground, they give ground, they give ground, they give ground. And then next thing you know, Jokic has a, you know, five foot hook shot, which he's going to shoot 80% on those. That said, he's, I mean, he's the MVP for a reason. He's back-to-back -back MVP. Could have argued that he should have won it last year. Embiid got it. He may very well win it again this year. He's fantastic.
He's a really, really good player. So there's no easy solution to Jokic, and he has improved quite a bit from the, from the bubble. M. Dread, fire him, AD 17, Joker 35, Rui on Joker, WTF. Well, that's that's a strategy the Lakers have had some success with in the past, was using Rui on Jokic and then making Anthony Davis a help defender. So he comes over as a secondary defender when Jokic gets into the paint, when he spins, whatever. Uh, AD comes over as a secondary guy. So they've had some success with that in the past, so I'm not surprised that's what they went to here. But again, this is where, this is where you miss, and this is not me saying go sign Dwight Howard. This is where you miss the 2020 version of Dwight. This is where you miss JaVale McGee. Like, hell, if you had, if the Chicago Bulls had wisened up and traded Andre Drummond like they should have, even Drummond, just somebody physical and big that can at least deal somewhat with Jokic that can offer some resistance. Look, I've said it a bunch of times. Rui Hachimura, he's a big dude. He's bigger than people realize. 6'8", 230, 235, 7'2", wingspan. He's a big guy. But Jokic is a mountain. You can ask Rui to do things in the paint. You can ask Rui to be more of a force on the boards. You can ask him occasionally to fill in as a small ball center. You can do that in today's NBA. Not against Jokic. Not against Jokic. It's not big enough. And we saw that tonight. And again, the strategy makes sense. But where it makes more sense is if the player defending Jokic has some size, has some physicality, has the ability to rebound the ball and stop guys from getting offensive boards. And then you've got AD coming over and helping on a Nikola Jokic that's eight feet out instead of three feet out. Because once he gets there, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You need more physicality to deal with them. And this is why, again, the Lakers' best best path in the playoffs, it's to not play, play Denver. That's true of a lot of teams, though. It's to not play Denver. And again, part of this is you got to give Denver credit. They're fantastic. They're amazing the way they execute late in games. They know exactly what to do and exactly how to burn you. And their team is, is very well constructed to deal with the Lakers. Uh, Motorsports said, wasted two hours of my life watching this pointless game. Bench was non-existent. Um, (laughs) Never watching us versus Nuggets again. I mean, again, it's, that's fair. Eight straight games now. And the Lakers have, it's the same thing. Over and over and over again. The Lakers just can't seem to figure it out. Um, It's a bad matchup for the Lakers. And that's, and they are more disciplined than the Lakers are. They make less mistakes and they are a team that will capitalize on every mistake that you make. And the Lakers made enough mistakes for Denver to say, thank you. We'll take this win again, eight straight. I can't get over it. Eight straight possessions to finish the game. The Nuggets scored. It's kind of like the Western conference right now. If you lose a game, it's a huge setback. Because nobody else is losing. Same thing going on with uh, with the Lakers against the Nuggets. Late in the game, like I said, you essentially have to go into the final three, four minutes with a cushion. You have to have a lead. Because Denver down the stretch, they're not missing. So every time the Lakers missed, it was a big deal down the stretch. You basically can't miss because Denver's not going to. Same thing in the West right now. 
you can't lose because the Warriors, the Kings, the teams all around you, they're not going to. They're going to keep winning. You can't lose games if you want to move up. So really tough. And I know, frustrating night for Lakers fans, and rightfully so. It should be frustrating. It should be frustrating to see the same game script play out all over again. The Lakers themselves should be frustrated. Rob Palenka right now should be scheming. What do we do this summer to make sure this stops happening? What do we do? How do we deal with this? Let's figure this out. Because right now, this just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. Uh, Avant Traders. Lakers had a chance to move within two games of the sixth seed. Now, uh, with the loss, they're two games behind the eighth seed. I don't know if they move past ninth. Yeah, at this point, you're like, you're praying to get to ninth to at least have home court. The West is too good. We talked about it. We talked about it last summer. And think about this, though, about the West. You're missing a team, right? Think about how good the West is right now, how brutal the West is, and you're missing a team. The Grizzlies just, they went away. They disappeared, right? So many injuries and suspensions and all that. They're done. The West should have one more locked-in solid playoff team. Think about that. Think about how good the West is, how brutal it is trying to move up right now, and there should be another team in this. But instead, they are well outside the race. They've lost their last five. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, of course. By the way, uh, Phoenix has cut the Rockets' lead to just four with 534 to play. Lakers really need Phoenix to lose that game. All right, everybody. We're going to get to the Master Lock of the Night in just a moment. But first, you need to give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that is Sleeper. You guys can check out the Sleeper app. Uh, super, super easy to download. You can use the link in the description down below. Also, use the QR code that's on the screen there. You get a $500 deposit match when you use our code LakersNation. Well, that's gross. Jason Tatum is the pick on sale, but a win is a win, so we're going to take it. 0.5 points. Well, Jason Tatum's going to get more than that. Chat, if you guys have already already downloaded the Sleeper app, you can play alongside me. We'll make some picks real quick here. Uh, ooh, the Warriors and the Celtics. As gross as it is to say, the Lakers really need the Celtics to win that game tomorrow. Um, let's go with this. Let's go with this. Steph Curry. 25.5 points. Gosh, I don't like picking against Steph points. I think I'm just going to stay away from Steph Curry. Let's go Carl Anthony Towns against the Clippers. Minnesota against the Clippers. Does Towns... I look, at, look at this. Does Towns get a double-double? Oh, he's done it in two of his last four. Clippers will probably be without Zubats. I'm going to make... I'm going to go a little safer here. Nine and a half assists and rebounds. He's cleared that in all four of his last four games. I'm going to go more. On that, more than nine and a half assists and rebounds for Towns. I like that one. We're going to make one more here. And let's go. Uh, let's go with our old friend, Buddy Heald, the almost former Laker. Three pointers made, two and a half, and he's taken on Dallas. We need, we need Philly to beat Dallas. We need, need Dallas to lose. I'm going to say the. Should have been Laker. Buddy Heald is going to come through for us. He's going to hit more than two and a half threes. 
So that gives us an entry with a 4.3x multiplier. Tatum, Towns, Healed, $87.60 would be your payout with a $20 entry. So go check it out. Sleeper, super easy to use. Again, use that QR code, get a $500 first-time deposit match. Super easy to use and a lot of fun to play. So guys, go check out Sleeper. All right, let's get into a few more of your questions and comments here. We're going to do one more comment and then we'll get into the master lock of the night and we'll get to vent a little bit. Maurice, AD had to be better against Jokic. No excuse, man. Well, it wasn't AD on Jokic quite a bit, but yeah, AD had to have a better game. It's not that he had a bad game either, but he just didn't have a great game. You needed a great, like one of the best games of the season out of Anthony Davis in this one. Adam says the only analysis is Ham blew another one. You know, the lack of the lack of call, the lack of timeouts late was frustrating when Denver was on their run. You didn't switch anything up to try to stop it. And you just knew. You just had a sense that at halftime, when Denver made their changes, the Lakers wouldn't be able to adjust to those changes. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. All right, let's do it, everybody. Let's get to the master lock of the night. So put it in the comment section. What was the most annoying thing from this game? Fired off. Let's go. Master lock of the night. The master lock of the night. Chat, what are we going with? What are you putting in the master lock tonight? Let's see what we've got here. Mom mentality. Master lock the last four minutes. That's fair. That's fair. Master lock ham. Lawrence, master lock Trevor for defending him. When did I defend ham? When did I defend ham? I, I just said they didn't make the adjustments they needed to. Master lock Dylan Bricks. Boy, do we need Dylan Brooks to come up with a win here against the Suns. Uh, Houston did increase their lead now. It's 111-102 with 422 to play. Once again, Lakers really need Houston to get a win in this one. Master Lock Darvin, a lot of Master Lock Darvin. Somebody said Master Lock Harry Giles. The man hasn't even played yet. His knees can't take that. He's had a history of knee issues. Harry Giles has. Somebody said Master Lock Ron Gutterman for celebrating somewhere. Ron is not actually a Nuggets fan. He's really not. Master Lock Doris Burks. Got a lot of these. All right. Ultimately, Master Lock AD. I don't know if there's a way to do it, but I'm going to Master Lock the mentality. The mentality of the Lakers, it seems like late in this game, you could kind of see it in the body language, in their faces, that they just knew this is what's going to happen again. And they didn't seem to, to think, we're going to put a stop to this. This is the night we're going to change this. It was like they just kind of went, okay, yeah, this is happening again. Oh, well. You didn't really see. For much of the game, you saw that fight. I thought the Lakers, they competed. 
They fought hard through much of the game. But the final four minutes, Denver scores and scores and scores and scores. And the Lakers, like, very quickly just went, oh, yeah, that's right. That's that, that's right. This is how this goes. Okay, so you guys are going to just keep scoring. Um, we're going to miss some shots down there at the other end, and then um, and then we'll call it tonight. Cool? That's what they did. And so the mentality for the Lakers, I, I thought was frustrating down the stretch, that they couldn't find a way to get the stops they needed, and it seemed like there was just an acceptance of that, that it wasn't going to happen. That was frustrating. That was frustrating. So that's what I'm going to master lock in this one. But there's so many different things. I mean, you can master master lock the script. Master lock the script for playing out the same time against Denver once again. Master lock that. Master lock Michael Porter Jr. for not missing a shot the entire night. Can't have that when you're playing Denver. Can't have a night like that. So a lot of things. A lot of things to master lock from this one. And unfortunately, once again, doesn't go the Lakers way. All right. Let's get into a few more of these comments. Then we're going to get Sean's post-post game show starting in just a few moments here. Uh, Denver, Mark says, Denver has our number. Not that it would have made much of a difference, but what was with Ham benching D'Lo nearly the entire fourth quarter, only to bring him in when it was garbage time. At that point, Darvin Ham was just like, just threw his hands up and said, well, at this point, they were down seven when they brought him back in. Said, okay, well, we need points now. And threw him back in there. Again, hindsight being 2020, he should have been in there the whole time. Because it didn't matter. You weren't getting stops anyway. So if D'Lo was giving up buckets, who cares? Cam Reddish is getting scored on. Your, your plan didn't work. So it didn't matter. You would have had a much better chance of at least trying to keep pace offensively. But again, eight straight possession scoring doesn't matter. You're, you're, it's very unlikely you're keeping pace with that regardless. But yes, Delo should have been in. Because even with the defensive group out there, it wasn't happening. The stops were not coming. M. Dredd. Uh, 40K doesn't mean a damn thing. 0-10 since the finals. Yeah, I mean, look, we, and I'm not sure what the 0-10 is a, is a reference to, but LeBron had his big milestone moment. The Lakers tend to lose games where he has milestone moments. Look what happened when he passed Kareem, right? Um, when he passed Kobe, like that was a big thing too. The, the big milestone moments, the Lakers tend to lose those games. This was another one where, like the Lakers, I was glad the Lakers didn't do like a whole stop the game the moment the point is scored and let's do a, a ceremony and all that kind of stuff. They did a little, you know, a video tribute, which was great. I thought the video tribute was very well done. But at this point, and somebody made this in the, the chat over on playback or over on YouTube during the game, said every point LeBron scores is setting a new record. Right? Like literally, that, that's just the truth. Literally every point he scores is a new record. So 40,000... All it is, it's a nice big round number. That's all it is. The, ne the next point that he scores is just as much of a record. Every point is a new record. So it's a crazy accomplishment to have scored 40,000 points. It's making his record all the more unbeatable, right? Um, the more points he scores, and it's amazing, and LeBron's phenomenal. 
And I was glad the Lakers didn't go overboard because they really needed to lock in on this game and not get distracted by that. And I didn't feel like they did. I didn't feel like they got distracted by it. That's not what cost them this game. Uh, so I was happy with the way the Lakers handled that whole 40,000 point thing. They got it done. Move on. Let's focus on this game. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way they wanted, but I don't think it was because players were so distracted by 40,000. That was just a thing that happened in this game. Wicked Bronco said a combination of AD being soft against Jokic in the second half, D'Lo not playing in the fourth when he was cooking Denver, and Ham's trash co coaching cost us. Vogel at least got AD to absolutely dominate Jokic. Where's 2020 AD? You know, this is something else that we need to talk about here. Uh, by the way, it's a six-point Rockets lead now with 130 to play. Anthony Davis is, look, he's phenomenal. I think he's the best defensive player in the NBA. Defending Jokic is not an easy task, and I don't think it's what AD's best at right now. He's best as a help defender against Jokic rather than a straight-up defender because he just he gives up too much size, too much. I mean, AD's 6'10", 250. He's a big dude, but Jokic is a, I mean, he's a, a mountain. It's it's insane how big he is when you see him moving out there. Uh, they list him at 6'11", 284, but he looks like he's double Anthony Davis when you see him out there on the floor. But something to note with AD, I think his mobility is starting to wane a little bit, and he's 30. He's going to be 31 in a week, Anthony Davis is. So that's somewhat typical. But part of what always made Anthony Davis special was he's so mobile for a big. And so that's something I kind of want to keep an eye on with Anthony Davis is how does he age now that he's going to be he's going to be 31 in, uh, again, just over a week. Where is 2020 AD? Well, 2020 AD was 27 years old. What So what happens? As you get older, he's going to get less mobile. Perhaps that's part of what's going on here, too, in terms of where's 2020 AD. And again, that's not a, AD's had a phenomenal season. He's been incredible all season long. He's been great. But where's 2020 AD? Mobility-wise, he doesn't quite look like, you go back and you look at old highlights of AD, you go, oh, yeah. He doesn't quite move like that anymore. And he's still insanely effective. Don't get me wrong, but doesn't quite, and maybe that goes back to the conversation of should Anthony Davis even be a power forward at this point? Or is he just a center? He doesn't quite move the way that he used to. That's not to say it's a huge drop-off, but you can see it when you go back and you watch the old stuff of AD. Denver is like the 90s jazz for our team. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's bringing back bad memories. Remember the Lakers running into the jazz? several years in a row in the playoffs and not being able to get over that hump. The early Shaq Lakers, when it was Shaq and young Kobe and uh, Eddie Jones, Cedric, all the, all those guys, Nick Van Exel. Yeah. We can never beat that team with Stockton and Malone. Uh, same goes for this team. No bench scoring hurts. Yeah, that, that's another thing to keep an eye on. So the bench in this game, by the way, the Rockets now up 117-109 with 103 to play. Once again, Lakers really need the Rockets to win that game. Uh, the Lakers tonight, they got a total of 
7, 10, 12 points off their bench. 12 points total between four players off their bench. That's it. And Jackson Hayes led the way with four. Cam Reddish played 19 minutes and gave you three. Spencer Dinwiddie played 20 minutes and gave you three. He hit one three. Torian Prince gave you two. The Lakers bench is now starting to become an issue. This group, it's just not effective enough. They're not giving you enough of a scoring punch. They're not giving you enough of anything. And, and the hope was that Spencer Dinwiddie would come in and can give you a little bit of that. And he hasn't. Again, he blew the layup at the end of the third. And I mean, that, that was probably the easiest look he was going to get in the game. He was one for four shooting in this one. Uh, the bench for the Lakers has just started to really fall to pieces. Moving Rui into the starting five has had a negative impact on the bench. That's not to say moving Rui, moving Rui into the starting five is wrong. I think it's the right decision. But the bench, their ability to produce has been an issue for, well, since the All-Star break, since even a little before. Um, speaking of Rui, this is one of those games where it's hard to play the Lakers starting five together. And that's a challenge, right? The Lakers starting five of Anthony Davis, Rui Hachimura, LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, those are your five best players right now. But playing them against Denver is a tough ask because either D'Lo or Austin is going to get attacked on the defensive end and that creates some problems. And then you don't quite have enough size out there on the floor either, even with Rui and LeBron out there. You're still missing that kind of that other true big presence out there. So it's hard to play this group together against Denver. They exploit this group. These are your five best players. You're certainly not putting Prince back into the starting lineup. Rui has lapped him at this point in terms of effectiveness, especially tonight. Uh, not to say the Prince is terrible or that I think he's going to be bad moving forward. He's just fine in the role that he's in. Play him 15 to 20 minutes a night. No problem, right? Tonight, though, he had a really poor game. But Cam, he doesn't quite look right. He needs to get back and healthy. The Lakers badly need Jared Vanderbilt back and healthy. Who knows what the update's going to be on him. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, who now has spent a little bit of time with the Lakers and just can't seem to get going here. I mean, he's now had, what? what is this? One, two, three, four, eight games with the Lakers. And uh, it's not been good. In fact, let me take a look at what his Lakers stats are here. Specifically with the Lakers in eight games. And again, that's a small sample size. But with the Lakers, eight games, Dinwiddie is shooting 38% from the field, 29% from three, and averaging 3.7 assists and six points in 24 minutes per game. That's awful. That's awful. Six points and 3.7 assists in that. Look, if he was playing 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we'd be saying, okay, all right, all right, that's fine, right? If he was shooting a better percentage, we'd say, okay, that's fine. He's playing 24 minutes and only giving you six points. Again, shooting 37.5% from the field, 29% from three. He's a veteran. He's done it in the NBA for a long time. So you have to assume that at some point that's going to come back around and he'll figure it out. But the Lakers are running out of time. They're running out of time for him to figure it out. Yikes. All right, we're going to do one more and then we're going to get Sean's post-post um, game shows going. 
Uh, Goat James said, Trevor, I generally believe AD can't be an A1 player or 1A guy to win a chip. Remember, Braun was the MVP in the 2020 finals. I'm all for a star guard in the offseason. I think that's part of the Lakers thought process is Anthony Davis is great defensively. But if at some point in the near future, we're looking at no LeBron, we need another star. We need somebody else who can carry an offense. And so that's why I think if, if Donovan Mitchell, if Trey Young, if either of these guys are on the market this summer, the Lakers will be very, very interested. They will be in the mix for those guys. And uh, yeah, Alicia said, so time to prepare to be the ninth or 10th seed. Unfortunately, I think Alicia is right. That seems to be looking like the most likely scenario here. All right, everybody, I'm going to take one more look over here at the Phoenix game. Oh, there it is. It's final. The Rockets beat the Suns, so that helps. That at least helps take some of the sting away. But man, the Lakers needed, the Lakers needed to get this win here. Remember, guys, any of the Super Chats that I didn't get to, I will get to on our next show. I'll record that tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. Do appreciate all of your support, everybody. Tough, tough night. Make sure you guys stick around for Sean's post-post-game show. That's going to start up in just a few moments. He's going to break down some of the X's and O's and getting into exactly what happened to the Lakers, what happened to their defense, what happened to their offense in this game against the Denver Nuggets, and what do they need to fix before their next game? Because we know, we know it's another tough one. I believe they've got OKC coming up next. And uh, man, it just doesn't get any easier for the Lakers with this schedule. Yep, it is. OKC coming up uh, in their next game. <sighs> Got to find a way to get a win. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for joining the show here. If you're over on the podcast side, please give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Sure would appreciate that. And then right here on the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button and smash that like as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.